Breath Hub. Take a deep breath. Deep conversations are starting. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. Welcome to Deep Conversations by Breath Hub. And I have a very special guest here. We're literally <laughs> just continuing our conversation. But I want to just stop there. And I would like to like you to first introduce yourself, as we as always do in Deep Conversations. And then we will continue with our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a very busy schedule. It involves chocolate and then moving on to more serious things. Um, my name is Ségolène. I am French, uh, hence the name. And I have been practicing breathwork since I was roughly six years old as part of my performance training. So I trained as an actress while still going to school and and doing shows regularly. But mastering the breath meant you mastered the voice mm. so it is something that my theater director at the time drilled in us in so many different ways yeah. and it's only when I grew up that I realized oh sophrology hang on these exercises I've done them before why and it was because my theater director had made us do some of these um we do have a lot of letting go exercises that are recommended in acting training in order for you to Come into the body as deeply as you can, because if you're in the body, you're not in the head and you can mm -hmm. give yourself to the emotion and to the persona, the character that you're playing. And yes, for singing as well, it was something really useful to have, because yeah. if you have no breath, you can't hold the notes. And if you don't yeah. control your breath, you can't speak at great length. And it's a bit more difficult, perhaps, to you for you to connect to people. So that was... My breath journey, it uh -huh. was dominantly, excuse me, <clears throat> it was dominantly performance-based. And talking about next, um, I had an accident when I was 14 years old and uh, it was my sports teacher uh, in school I was who punched me in the plexus, tripped me behind the knee and I fell on my neck and it went crack. Um, and I told her... Was that a conscious decision? Yes, because... I, yes, did I, she or he do it? She like, did it on purpose, yes. Purpose. Um, I wasn't a terrible kid, I promise. It's <laughs> just that we used to have, I have no idea what the French school system is nowadays. I hope it's changed. I doubt it has. But the um, we used to have compulsory Roman wrestling regularly on the sports curriculum. Wow. I know. It's <laughs> useful. <laughs> wow, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and one of the exercises that we had to do was kind of a game of tag. Hmm. But instead of just touching the person, you had to fall. And none of us had learned how to fall without hurting ourselves. So it was a, more of a question of, oh, look, I'm falling, I'm falling. And then running and carrying on because <laughs> nobody yeah, got time to yeah. fall for real. And uh, I just happened to be in her direction when she joined the game. And, and so you did fall. <laughs> I did fall pretty heavily. <laughs> and then I heard my neck go crack and I said, mm, I can't turn my head. And she said to carry on with the exercise which I did not, I crawled were, to the locker well, room yeah. and grabbed a scarf and put it around my neck and then was sitting on a bench and just standing against a wall. And she asked me, why, I, why are you there? Like, because I can't turn my head. That seemed like a very just like <laughs> honest answer. I'm not joining what in. What a juicy story, my goodness, <laughs> <laughs> to start with. It's just like, hello. Um, I just broke my neck. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's like, but the neck is something, it's, it's so pivotal. 
<laughs> and it's so delicate as well. We absolutely. don't realize how delicate it is, yeah. And you don't realize how delicate it is until the day you actually get hurt in yeah. the neck. Or even when you wake up and you've slept funny and you can't really turn your head and you realize, oh, it's making it hard for me to focus or it's giving me a headache. Yes, because there's so many nerves traveling yeah. through this area. And if we're going into Chinese medicine, there's a lot of meridians as well traveling around yeah, this area. Yeah, that might be the reason why people have headaches and migraines and many stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not always a muscular or skeletal issue. There's no. quite often as well some deeper things because also your neck is so deeply connected to your throat. And in your throat, you have your voice box. You have the means to express and to connect to people. Yeah. And It when, affects your voice as well. That's yes, <clears throat> it affects your voice really, really deeply. And maybe that's why that's the reason of my voice. <laughs> yeah, it might be the reason because you know why my voice is like this. Like, you know? But you've got a really lovely voice. It's yeah, like deep. You know? But you have you're you're more in the low tessiture, mm. so you have more of a lower voice, yeah, which yeah. is really soothing. But mm. it also has a lot of air to it, which same. I was talking about it with um with a. a Um, someone who's training to be a counselor yesterday and he, saying he had a low honeyed and quite airy, breathy voice. Mm. And in order to create safety, in order to have reassurance, some people have to put on that voice. When yeah. you have it naturally. I have it, yeah. And you, you have quite a peaceful energy about you as well. It's very healing for people That's around. That's because of breath work, you know, breath Absolutely. work and meditation mainly. <laughs> yeah. The But reason, and by the way, the reason for our listeners, the reason why we started with a neck conversation, of course, all the neck pain and the shoulder pain, it has a lot to do with dysfunctional breathing habits as well. But we both had accidents related to neck. I had a car accident. She had a school accident. <laughs> and I, my car accident was 22 years ago. And my neck pain didn't even start right after that it started yeah. just recently about like eight to ten years ago and it's a bit strange because i had the accident 20 22 23 years mm. ago and i didn't have this pain yeah and then i it started as a i age and mm. we found that there was a there was a missing unbalance you know something that misaligned something that, yeah, during the is, healing yeah something misaligned yeah So yours was 22 years ago. Mine was, oh, heavens, um, mathematics. Uh, so Just say 50, uh, how old you 60. were. <laughs> so I, was, I, was four, I was 14 okay. and I'm now 31. <laughs> so that's 16 years. 16, 17, yeah. Yep, I can do math. Around, yeah. <laughs> I can totally do <laughs> math. Yeah. Um, so, and, and for me as well, it was very much... A healing process so at the beginning obviously the neck brace is quite fun to yeah. wear and I didn't understand it, the way it's designed is for you to rest your head on it mm. so uh, the first week of me carrying carrying it I was trying to keep my neck really really tall and upright and then yeah. the doctor said what why can you let mm. the thing help you can you <laughs> let it help like I didn't realize I had to do that. <laughs> oh, well. Um, but breathing-wise, I, I ended up being quite affected as well because of the... I was going to ask that thing. Like, when you look back, yeah. can you see how that affected your breathing? Oh, or how your breathing affected that? Um, absolutely. And and there's, there's some beautiful things and there were some less beautiful things. Um, I started developing breathing spasms. Mm. And... 
At first, we thought it was because of the punch in the in the diaphragm because she did trip me behind the knee, punching the plexus, and then ah, falling. Um, and some of that, some of this definitely had the the punch definitely had an impact. However, the other thing that came into play was the the paralysis that ensued from you know mm. the the torso really. And as a result, all of the muscles around my ribcage also were really, really tense and closed up completely. And it also meant from a performance perspective, I wasn't able to really give my all. And emotionally and mentally, I closed up. So mainly you didn't have the ability to let go, which we're basically working on, especially on breath work. Yeah. If we can't let go, like everything starts... Yeah, I, I mean, and it was difficult to let go also because, as a young, maybe naive child, <laughs> I believed uh, very strongly in forgiveness. And mm. my understanding at the time was that for forgiveness to happen, she needed to say sorry first, and mm. she had not. And I wrote her a letter explaining the full diagnostic of so what was going on. So you were clinging a bit on the story as well. And yeah, uh, and also, yeah. you know, the, the school kids uh, the school kids took sides and some kids took the teacher's side. And I had already... I, had, I was already not in a great place in that school because um, I was the first 100% French person not having lived abroad, having made it into that section of that school, which was an international school, and I was on the German part of it. So it meant classes in German and mm -hmm. everything. <coughs> and the other kids who had already been in that school before me, before I arrived, had lived in Germany or Austria or Switzerland mm -hmm. or another German-speaking country. And I had not. I was the first ever person to go in. So... Making friends was not <laughs> easy. easy. And then yeah. you think you've made friends and something like this happens and then you see people for their true colors again and you go, oh, mm. where do I stand? But also I was not going to let this person who made me um, have this accident. I wasn't going to change school. My parents offered, like, do you want to change school and mm. everything? No, I You're worked. You're a true warrior, you know? I just... So I worked. Yeah, I, I worked. I learned the German language in six months. Wow. I spent three weeks by myself in a family in a village in Germany. And just and because that happened, you learned German in six I, months. I learned wow. German. I was 11 years old because um, I really wanted to know what my family name meant. Mm. And my grandpa, my grandpa said that, oh, it you know, it's probably somewhere be between, you know, in Alsace-Lorraine where it was sometimes German, it was sometimes French. Mm. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll learn German then. And I wanted to learn German and I wanted to learn German fast. So my parents very kindly um, found a student who was going to that school that I wanted mm. to go to. And she taught me everything. And I passed the test with flying colors and was the first 100% French person not having relatives Maybe. or lived you know I spent yeah. three weeks in a family that's not living in a country <laughs> it's a holiday um and I had you know I worked really hard as a child to get into that school and this was not gonna affect things wow. I was gonna stay all the way to the end and get my 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 um my degree my degree my graduation with that German degree as well so I was not gonna change um but yes so there was the pressure of school there was the pressure of 
you know, friendships that were not really there or you thought they were, but then you go, ah, you were not my friend. That's another yeah. thing that hurts. Yeah, I um, think we all experience similar. Absolutely. Similar, so on yeah. an emotional front with the breath, if you have a lot of, um, I mean, I cried a lot back then. And if you can cry, it's great because it provides some release. However, yeah. it's not always possible because yeah. if the hurt is really deep, sometimes you don't cry. Yeah. It's because it needs to be birth. You suppress. Yeah. That in, yeah, at a deeper level. And, and on one hand, there was all of this going on and there were the shows that I was not able to take a part in because of my injury. So I would still go to rehearsals because theater is my love and acting and performing for me is is like meditation it's like a prayer it's something so so deep yeah. and essential mm. that i could not live without it and my parents understood it very early on and even with the accident my mom would still drive me to rehearsal and i'd take part to some extent and the singing teacher of the company when he saw me always sit at the back, just said, mm, well, I've got no one, come along, come along. And I sang my sorrow away with him, but he also made me breathe so deeply and worked on opening my thoracic, yeah. doing all of these exercises to open up, to relax the diaphragm, to open the rib cage, and I discovered some new ranges and new levels in my voice, which we didn't know I had, and I'd known him a very long time by that point. And I think you, you, I mean, you probably, I suppose, you probably discovered new levels in your thinking system, in your, you know, emotional mm. level and mental level as well, because it's like when our, you know, when the level of our breathing changes, when our breath changes, like everything related with that mentally, emotionally, oh, physically, vocationally, you know, everything starts changing. Mm. That's like, I think that's like the magic of breath. It feels like <laughs> there's a moment where your emotions are dancing on your skin and when you perform, when you sing, and there's something really similar as well when it comes to breathing and meditation, where you get to not just see the emotions dance on the skin, but you get to dance with them, depending on the one that is coming through yeah. to be your partner for the day. And if you're struggling with a specific emotion or connecting to that emotion, like I did at the time, then choosing songs that maybe make you happy or songs that mm. make you cry or songs that have a very powerful message, then working with these can help you just it's okay to use somebody else's words in order to express how you feel this is also why we have art yeah. and breathing is also an art within that and artists are deeply connected to themselves and to their breath even if they're not all doing it consciously it's something that just happens i agree it's like you can't be an artist if you don't have a functional breathing habit because it's 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 like your connection with yourself your connection with the divine and your connection with that creative energy and in my experience breath itself is the creative energy so and i've seen people who are in a creative business not artists but also artists like people who are into graphic design and like uh, different levels of artists not like performing performing artists and who got stuck 
because their breath got stuck in creativity. And I'm so sad to see some of those people, you know, to again reconnect with their creativity. They, you know, do drugs and they do stuff, psychedelics. I mean, it's not that psychedelics are so bad because now no. they're speaking about the you know, scientific part of it and all that. But it's like, you know, why would we do that when we have the natural power to do that it's like we have a natural thing it's called breath it's mm. magically connecting us with the divine and the creative power and the creative energy why not try to connect with that instead you know so it's like yeah it's um it's sad to watch that for me as well because i know the formula like yeah. knowing the formula knowing i can get you there you know with daily breath work with breathing practice you can literally come back to that creative power, come back to that, mm. you know, open up, come back to your center. And it's just, you know, amazing what breath can do. And yeah, I think we have a huge uh, mission to fulfill, to, you know, teach people that, you know, the power of breath. Absolutely. And for also artists who are experiencing art blocks, um, I've worked with a few, a few concept artists and graphic designers who all of a sudden, one day they wake up and it's heavy to put yeah. something in, into, to breathe life into a drawing or a creation. And then, because it's not happening, some stay in their heads even more because why it's not happening? I used to be able to do this really easily. This used to come naturally, etc., etc. And already there is a dysfunction in yeah. the breath because it's not going as low and as deep as it should go but then with the mental kicking in it just goes higher and higher, higher and higher and higher and then oh my sleep is gone oh I'm struggling to do this I can't function I'm not very hungry or I'm struggling to sleep it's, it's it escalates really really quickly mm. and knowing that just doing a few very specific conscious breaths every day even if you don't you don't have to go and do half an hour straight away. If that's yeah. not your thing, just give it a try. It's like everything. Running was not a thing for me. Absolutely not. Oh, heck no. And uh, since my surgery, I've not gone for a run because I haven't been able to really do anything. And I I can feel it on my breath. Yeah. It's because it's a different breath practice, really. Um, I'd been practicing running for the past uh, I learned during lockdown, like a lot of people. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> but I, I've been learning, relearning how to run with um, Patrick McCown's Oxygen Advantage. And it was an absolute game changer for me. All of a sudden, running just became my new meditation. Mm -hmm. My moment of, oh, no, I don't have to be completely out of breath. I don't have to hurt. And if it hurts during running and I don't mean on a physical sense like I mean well yes it is physical because it's in your lungs in your throat and everything but being able to do just solely nasal breathing with intermittent breath holds here and there to actually tell your brain that it's okay and relax it while yeah. you're doing something strenuous it's just like oh but when we do yoga we do these things why did I never think of connecting yeah. two and two together and making it happen when I tried to go running before. It's, 
you just have these brain light bulb moments yeah, 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 every so yeah, often, yeah, yeah. like, oh, it was meant to be and easy we can actually, along. And we can actually use breathing and breath work everywhere. You know, Absolutely. when we are in deep pain, I've seen people literally ease their body pain who had accidents and mm. who had severe pain in their bodies just by changing their breath yeah. or, you know, moving along with their breath. I've seen people, you probably saw the same thing. I've been seeing people lose weights, tens yeah. of kilos, people who couldn't lose weights forever for years after yeah. years. I've been seeing people heal migraines, severe body pain and it's just, I think if people could understand the power of breath work, and I think that can happen just by practicing five minutes, 10 minutes a day, that's it. Absolutely. Um, they would just stop uh, all kinds of things they are doing and just focus on their breathing because it's like, it's so powerful and you can use it everywhere, like running, creativity, concentration. Even if you're sat on the pain. tube. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Sat on the tube, you've got 10 minutes, you might as well do it. Yeah, great idea, by the way. On the tube, I love like it. Everything, but also because, you know, so now on the tube in the UK, you compulsory to wear a mask. And a lot of people, since wearing the mask, are saying, oh, you know, I can't breathe with it. And like, okay, you know, you can. You can. You can. You just need to slow down the breath and go through the nose. If you're mm. all of a sudden thinking, I can't breathe, it's because originally you were not breathing the right way to start with. So yeah. you just need to slow yeah. it down. Yeah. But it's a learning process. It's absolutely a learning process. But it's really interesting as well with the pain because I noticed it um, before I had, so long story short, I was diagnosed with generalized periodontal illness um, with bone loss, meaning the bone in my jaw is destroying itself. Um, and I've recently had surgery to get some new bone in there and I'll be going through a treatment starting next year for about eight months which involves sending laser into the jaw mm. in order to slow it down because you can't get rid of it. So you just got to yeah, slow the process. Slow the process yeah. And I can say that periodontal pain pre-surgery is probably the worst pain I've ever felt in my life um, because it's just literally, it felt like having two screwdrivers planted in the bone of my jaw and somebody would just be like oh. moving them up and down. And it's deep bone pain. Now, I've experienced pain in my life a few times, uh, <laughs> unfortunately. I'm not ill very often, but when I am. Yeah. <laughs> and this bone pain was absolutely just the worst. And it's paralyzing and there's nothing you can do. You can't, you don't really feel like eating because everything hurts. You just need to use your breath. And this no, this helped. Like I was, nothing to do. I tried to just. Um, at first, I did just some meditative like breaths to really slow things down, mm. and I'd say it helped decrease the pain in peak, um, in the peak of pain. It probably helped it decrease by like. 10, 15%, which may not sound like a, like a lot, but it allows you to get out of bed and walk around your house and do something else and, you know, sit outside for a little bit. Just it allows you to bring a little bit of motion back in. And then I also decided to make use of this other breath technique that I've um, I'm currently passing my certification in called uh, subconscious release technique, SRT, mm -hmm. where by using the fight or flight trigger from the brain, you can help disconnect some emotional blocks and patterns that are deeply ingrained mm -hmm. in the brain. And I just did myself 
maybe five minutes of SRT to cut the emotional connection to pain and manage to reduce it by another mm -hmm. 20, 25, which already is like 30% less than when I woke mm. up. And yes, it did not last the entire day, but at least it gave me a few hours to mm. breathe, to call a friend, to send lifelines, because then when the pain really rises and climbs, there's nothing you can do. Anybody who has experienced extreme periodontal pain and tooth loss that I've spoken to has said the same thing. These were the worst type of sensations they'd ever felt because anything that affects your jaw affects your speech, affects your yeah. brain, affects yeah. your neck. Um, it's it's just one of these, like, yeah. neck, back to neck. Yeah, back to neck. <laughs> back to, to neck. Back to to neck. Neck. Yeah. neck and jaw, yeah. everything wow, what is... What a story. Amazing. Everything is so deeply connected. Um, yeah. During my surgery, all I did, I literally, the surgery was meant to be an hour and a half and it was on local anesthetic. And there were some slight complications, nothing major, but it meant it lasted a bit longer, two hours. I breathed for two hours. Yeah. I just did a breath session for two hours. I had, I had been I allowed to choose the music that. before. I can imagine so that, yeah. I was just like, can I get some Ludovico Einaudi, please? I just want this and I'm going to breathe. And I had brought, um, I wanted, you know, one of these anti-stress things yeah, yeah, yeah. and I couldn't find mine. So instead what I brought and introduced the surgeon to it beforehand, because it's important, um, was one of my friends crocheted me a sheep years ago. <laughs> and it's a very woolly and fluffy yeah. and squeezable uh, thing. Yeah. So nice going one. there was like, this is sheep. He's going to be there during the surgery. How old are you? 31. And I'm okay with this. Um, <laughs> and bless him, he just went, yes, hello, sheep. You might need to squeeze it sometimes, but you're in charge of the surgery at all times. Good. Okay. <laughs> it's great. But literally just two hours of deep nasal inhale and exhales with an occasional then release through the mouth if I needed because, well, you know, you have you two people to go with... through that. Yeah. Without... And it was, it made it, um, <coughs> it made it stress-free. Yeah. I mean, obviously the team contributes a lot and, sure. and there were wonderful humans and I had a friend waiting for me outside who brought me home afterwards. But knowing that I had my breath for the yeah. full thing set the tone for me, but also helped us with the, the surgeon and, and his assistant to synchronize, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, sure. Because I mean, you're, you're literally energetically synchronizing with them when you're conscious of your own breath. For people who are, you know, the first time listeners, when you're conscious of your own breath and when you synchronize with your own breath, you also synchronize with other people's breath. That's kind of like breath is a bridge to energetically connect with other people. And it's like, I mean, this is, of course, physically very stressful, but like emotionally and mentally stressful yeah. moments, you could do this. Like if you learn to, you know, change your breath and consciously breathe, you can do it in a stressful moment in the office, in a meeting room, like connecting with your breath will help you connect with other people. And it's such a gift. You Absolutely. Know? I, I think you I think the doctors and the whole team 
felt it, you know, with with you. Like the, it's kind of like a heartbeat. It's kind of like a wave. It's kind of like a music. It very much, yeah. and also this is so funny because the music, the the playlist that I'd chosen was just on Spotify. So just a random ooh, playlist with lots of Ludo, lots of Ludovico. And um, he did not know who Ludovico Einaudi was, bless him. <laughs> so he was very happy to have discovered him that day. But there was a moment where it got a bit tricky and the music literally gave us a build-up um, wow. from a breath front, but also for him and the assistant to finally get the wisdom tooth that was trapped at the top mm. out. And the music became so triumphant as, <laughs> as soon as the tooth was removed. And he just went, ah! Triumphant oh. music. Excellent. <laughs> and it was like, oh, this is so great. I can't believe I'm saying this from a trip to, you know, someone who's removing teeth and then... A trip to from Earth adding to Mars. Bone. You know? Exactly. But it's so true. Yeah, I, I can fully connect with that because I gave my second birth without epidurals, without anything. Mm. It, it was kind of like a bit fast because it yeah. was... Um, uh, yeah, it was a pre pre birth, and um, I mean, it was so fast. It happened like in a couple of hours, mm. and my whole body literally cracked into two, like uh, probably like seventy eight centimeters in less than half an hour. Oh. You know, you feel your body opening up. Yeah, and it was so quick because my body was trying to, uh, you know, push the baby out. Yeah. And they couldn't, you know, they couldn't make it. They couldn't have epidural because there was no time. It was not my choice, but mm. there was no time. So I remember I was lying down and the baby was, you know, my second daughter was just, I was pushing her out. My body was in so much ache, you know. I was crying and I was breathing real fast. And I was trying to control my breath. I was telling to myself, if I don't die right now, I think I'm becoming immortal. It was that much of a pain. It's like I haven't had any pain like that ever in my life. Like I had an accident. I had that. I had fallen down. It's I One time I had a mot motorcycle accident. I got up from the uh, cycle and then my this part of my arm was literally hanging there. So I literally, you know, because I fell down with the whole heavy motorcycle on the left. And when I woke up, it's like, you know, like, oh, okay, let's go to the hospital. And then they had to put it back. So I had been in pain. Yeah. But this time, oh, my goodness, like in half an hour, my body opening up in, you know, seven centimeters, eight centimeters. It was a huge pain. And if I didn't have my breath, yeah. if I... Uh, wasn't conscious of my breath and if I wasn't breathing this time shallow because mm. with the pain I had to breathe shallow it's, yeah. it's like right now when I look back if I did breathe deep at that time mm -hmm. I could die yeah I think this is not kind of like a scientific thing but I think people women or people who face severe like real pain yeah. like the deepest level they die because they don't shallow their their breath down. They don't know how to shallow it down. Because if you keep on breathing deep mm. in that pain, mm. it's like it's unimaginable. It's like it's too much. I could have died. It's like my breath shallow and I was mm. like, <laughs> you know, and then it, I was able to go through that process. Yeah. It, it was just so I do connect with that. And it's kind of like you, fi you found your way of 
coping with that because you were conscious of your breath. Yeah. And the the shallowness for me, so it's just thinking, for example, uh, about um, Wim Hof and other cold exposure breath techniques. When there's a lot of anxiety or when the body receives a shock, the exhale is something that the body can skip. Mm. And with a fast... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You're, yeah, you're releasing the your you're pain, releasing yeah. the the air quite strongly, and actually getting the the the, the CO two and the and yeah, the yeah, air yeah. out. So there is still an active diaphragm, whereas yes, when everything gets too much and the diaphragm gets stuck and there's no connection to the lower belly, to the breath, to the bottom of the air column, then all of this gets disconnected and the disconnect just keeps on rising and rising yeah, and rising. Like squeezing yeah. your whole body into two. Yeah. Yeah. In performance, we use that sometimes, um, depending on the emotion that you're trying to connect to and portray. Sending the air all the way down, yes, because then I'm the one in control, but then using muscle tension, just seeing, okay, if I block this muscle here and apply pressure, what emotion is coming out? Mm. What is the new quality of my voice? Can I use this now? Should I build a bit more tension? And then when do I release? It's something... Yeah, it's kind of like full control of your own body. Absolutely. Full control of your energy. Absolutely. And that's what you need in order to really have that emotional connection with the character, with the person opposite you. Um, to my clients, I always say it's never about Romeo or Juliet. It's about what happened in between. It's when the two bubbles meet. But it's the same in everyday life. It's yeah. like your bubble meets my bubble. And it's not yeah. about me and it's not about you. It's just yeah. about what the little share. magic that happens yeah, in the yeah, middle yeah, yeah. when the two bubbles touch. And some bubbles yeah. fizz and some bubbles go. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and it's just this. It. It's energy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's energy and synergy. And connection, yeah, yeah. and we need a lot of that nowadays. A lot yeah. more, p perhaps, than we ever have. Yeah. Thank you for a very deep conversation. It's been a hell of a journey. Thank you so much. Thank and I'm going to ask you one last question. Oh yes. With everything you have experienced and breath work and everything, what would you like to see happen to humanity before you die? Like, what would you like humans to understand and get before you die? <sighs> That's a big question. Um, somehow it's making me emotional. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to need to um, have a look into that. Um, that listening takes you nothing. Like listen, yeah. To listen is listen. the key to everything. Mm. We live in a world where a lot of people pretend to listen. Um, where you just can double tap on a video and, oh, yeah, no, I've listened to your video. No, you haven't. <laughs> you have double tapped That's a good to one. prove a thing. But listening could save you so much time. It could preserve so many relationships. And it could allow you to find yourself more by listening to people, by listening to what happens around you, sitting on a bench, closing your eyes and just listening to one sound, for example, it's the leaves in the trees and then maybe it's a car, maybe it's two people walking by, just jumping from one sound to the next. Listening deeply and with intent allows you to hear the music of the world. And yeah, it allows you to connect with the vibe, the energy of life itself. Yeah. 
you know, instead of the physical illusion. Absolutely. Yeah, that's and beautiful. And then you can bring some of that back into you or see what music is playing inside of you as well. Listening, yeah. just really listening. listening. Can we say something like listening is the pathway to understanding? Well, listening, um, to actively listen is the path to true connection and true, true understanding. True connection and true understanding. Beautiful. Absolutely. That's a great message. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Breath Hub. It's been lovely. <laughs> yeah. And thank you for listening. If you haven't downloaded Breath Hub yet... I'm going to kill you if I find you. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. You can hear my voice. I'm really sorry. I was a bit sick today. So my voice is like this. Yeah. But on the app, it sounds a lot better. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a nice one. And thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in the next episode.